The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. Yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 271. Going to go out to LFA, who we're going to cover today. Hey, that rhymes, LFA and today. But anyhow, um, they actually give us something to talk about. Well, the UFC is still dark, so this goes out to LFA, and, and they probably need some good luck because I think they had a buttload of fights, a fall off of this card uh, last minute. So, um Original plan was to do two episodes on uh, LFA 149, but there's not enough fights to do that now. So we're we're going to give it to you all here. And now we're going to ram it all into your ear holes, ear balls uh, today with uh, five LFA fights. I am one of the hosts of this here podcast, Jeff Chalks Fox. Hello. Welcome. Happy New Year. All that stuff. Hopefully you survived through the holidays and you're ready to get down with some more uh, regional MMA action. Uh, the brains behind our regional picks. Uh, of course, is the Gumby guy, Daniel Reland. Um, so let's introduce him here now. I was afraid we were going to have to break down amateur fights, but um, <laughs> he, he decided, no, nah, uh, we're just going to do the main card for LFA. So here he is, Gumby guy, Daniel Reland. Hello. Yeah, and it's, sometimes I don't mind breaking down an amateur fighter, too. Like when we did the Cage Titans card on right. uh, on Sunday or Monday, rather, uh, that one had an amateur fight on it. By the way, one of those fights has already fallen off, too. We're, we're having uh, not great luck in the new year. Um, but, uh, not only are these amateur fights, they're like brand new amateur yes. fights. Like there's a, there's a woman strawweight fight of a woman who's never stepped into the cage before. There's, um, you know, a men's 145 fight that there's the guys only both have fought once. Uh, and it, th- this was really earlier, uh, like, you know, earlier in the week, this was a stacked card because, you know, not only are there the couple of good fights that we're going to hear on this one, you know, there's some there's some pretty newbies on this fight card. But like the main event and co-main event right now have some like prospecty type guys on them. But there was like some really notable names on this card that all kind of fell out. There was a there's Henrique Silva, who it's not the Henrique Silva that, you know, but it's a different Henrique Silva was supposed to fight. He dropped out of his like ninth straight fight. Um, there was a really good heavyweight prospect out of Canada whose nickname is Vanilla Thunder. Um, ben, ben Tyen. Yeah, like he would have been a lot of fun to watch. Um, on Ho, who I had on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week, right, has had yep. two. he's had two of the craziest knockouts since turning pro. He looks so good, um, especially for a flyweight, having two like viral knockouts right in a row. Um, he dro- they, That fight dropped out. I think his opponent dropped out. He was good to go still. Um, so, you know, just like bad luck all around uh, here. But nevertheless, you guys got picks. And the best part about this one, we have odds as well. Yes, we have odds. And hopefully Gumby will get us some juicy underdog picks as he as he tends to like to do. So before we jump into it, I, let me tell you about a couple, couple of our sponsors that keeps us up in your ear holes on a regular basis. WinBet, of course. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. 
WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Plus, reduced juice on sides and totals for all bowl games the day of. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive your special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Limited state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. As I bite my tongue, winbet. So they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbed.com. But you're 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbed is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. At Underdog, the season never ends. Right now, you can play their weekly Battle Royale games or even draft your playoff best ball team. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL. Plus, when you use a promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. All right, let's get into making some money for you. LFA 149 goes down this Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern on UFC Fight Pass. It's uh, happening at the Gila, or is Gila actually, Gila River Resorts and Casinos in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, in a cage, eight fights we are down to, but three of those are amateur ones on the prelims. So we're going to uh, stick to the main card here. Um, and Gumby somehow probably knows about all these people, even people with zero and zero records. So let's let's put that uh, <laughs> put that to the test. We're starting off uh, with a 160-pound fight, three rounds, five minutes. Princeton Jackson versus Chris Brandt. Brandt is zero and zero. So that's all I can tell you about him. Uh, he has fought some amateur fights, I believe, and he was an amateur champion. Um, Gumby's big on amateur, so I'm sure he'll t- tell you about that. But uh, the odds on Brandt, he is a favorite here. He's minus 190. Uh, as for Princeton Jackson, uh, very, uh, very good name in my books. He's 2-0 with one submission. This will be his LFA debut, plus 160 for him. That's all I got for both these people. Hopefully Gumby can fill in more blanks here. Yeah, so I, I do know a little bit about Chris Brandt. He actually uh, used to fight on uh, B2 Fighting Series, which is a promotion I used to catch once in a while. That's actually where um, where Pooh Bear, Brian Battle, came from. Uh, and I, I saw him fight uh, another amateur who I had my eye on, whose name was Quadarius McGinn's, which is a way They're better great, name. Man. Yeah, Quadarius yeah. McGinn's is a, is a good one. Um, So I've seen him fight a couple of times. The thing I will say about Chris Brandt is that this dude just comes to swing it. Like he's going to come in just throwing absolute haymakers the whole time. And, and it's why you see, like if you look at his amateur record with the exception of the McGinn's fight, which went to decision, which it's pretty rare for him to go to decision. Cause he just comes in and like swings wildly until he knocks a guy out in 33 seconds or he knocks a guy out in nine seconds. Or uh, he gets caught himself in something stupid as he did earlier in his career. And I actually, I, I think that's a problem against Princeton Jackson because while uh, Jackson somehow is an underdog here. He, he does fight from like a, uh, first of all, I think like a little bit better of a fight camp. I know I, I wrote in my recent, uh, recent piece that you shouldn't just pay attention to fight camps. Um, and, and actually Chris Brandt fights just like a guy out of the goat shed. He's a goat shed guy. Um, and that's what they all do. They come out swinging. Um, but Prince of Jackson d- d- uses really good Muay Thai. He's got like a nice teep. Uh, he's got hard kicks to the lower part of the leg. Um, he sometimes doesn't seem to be um, all that that 
decent at uh, wrestling, but then there's other times where he has like flashes of brilliance. I think up against the cage, he's really tough. He works, you know, not not awfully in the clinch. And I think Brant is just going to kind of just throw until he either tires himself out or he gets caught with something. So I actually like the dog money here on uh, on Princeton Jackson. Right out of the gate, he's getting you dog money, and he shows you his un, um, <clears throat> unrivaled knowledge of of MMA. He's telling you about guys with zero and zero records and two <laughs> two and zero records. So there you go. Uh, we'll see if he knows what he's talking about. They'll come Friday night. All right, let's move up to guys with a little bit more experience, kinda. Uh, lightweights, Cedric Catambua, 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 yeah, Catambua versus Adam Garcia. You wait till the names they're gonna have to say tomorrow on tomorrow. <laughs> uh, anyhow, we'll stick with uh, we'll stick with LFA for now. Garcia Vista is a nickname. He's one and zero with one knockout. This will be his LFA debut. Uh, it's all the info I have on him, unfortunately, plus two forty number on him. Catambua, Catambua, two and zero. Uh, both of those fights were in LFA minus 300. That's all I got. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I can tell you a little bit more about Katwamba than I can about Garcia, because I had actually seen him before being in LFA before he like Princeton Jackson, this is going to be a theme in the early part of is really nice with his Muay Thai style. Um, he's got really good chopping kicks, but the best part of his Muay Thai style is that he's really good in the clinch. That, like, if you get him in the clinch, he throws good knees to the body. He separates well. He uses the tie plumb well. Um, if somebody shoots, like, a sloppy takedown or can't take him down, which actually it's, it's pretty hard to take him down, he, he throws elbows to the side of the head really well. Like, he, he's pretty creative when it comes to that kind of stuff. And Garcia is a guy who winds up getting in the clinch too much because he thinks it's, like, the absolute most important thing to have his foot on the gas and be the guy moving forward. So if his opponent just, like, refuses to move backwards, they're clinching. They're 1,000% clinching. And sometimes it's not even up against the cage, which is really what Garcia wants, is to, like, clinch against the cage. And and I don't really think either of those situations works out well against Katwamba. So I I think... Katwamba is just going to pick him apart anytime they're in the the clinch and going to really dominate the stand-up portion of this. So I, I think the line is set kind of appropriately here is that Katwamba should be a big favorite. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, he's, I, I still don't like betting negative 300 straight up. So you're probably going to want to throw him in a parlay here. Hashtag throw him in a parlay, but Katwamba is the official pick. Correct. Correct. Gun to your head. Under my head. I like I like Katwamba. All right. Let's move up uh some weight classes to middleweight. Eric Fimbres versus Tony Charles. Three round five minute fight. Um Charles. Tony the Tiger Charles. (laughs) Two and one with one knockout. I think he stole that nickname for someone. Uh two and one, one knockout. He's also been knocked out once. This will be his LFA debut. He's won two straight fights after dropping his pro debut. Debut used to fight at light heavyweight plus 225. Fimbres one low with one knockout. That fight was in LFA. It was over a year ago. It was December of 2021. Uh, don't have his age or his reach info. Couldn't find that anywhere. It's kind of par for the course with with the uh, regional guys. He is three inches taller than Charles. I can tell you that much. Minus 285. Yeah, three inches Charles taller than Charles. Remember, this is a uh, middleweight fight. Uh, right. Three three inches taller than Charles. Charles is six three. Um, oh boy. Yeah. So so Fimbres is six six, uh, which is a real lanky looking middleweight. Um, yeah. it's like Kendall Kendall Grove status almost. Which by the way, 
I don't, I don't know back. if you saw this. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> yep, he's back. Kendall, Kendall Grove coming to a KSW for a rematch of a fight that wasn't competitive 10 years ago. Um, I don't know if it was actually 10 years ago, but yeah, Kendall does fighter Grove uh, on his way back for those of you who have been following the sport long enough to to like Kendall Grove. Um, anyway, Thimbrace, really tall and lanky. Uh, the one thing I will say about his tall lankiness is kind of like, you know, some of the tall lanky folk before him, you know, the Stefan Struves of the world and stuff like that. He definitely could use that lankiness better. I'm not saying he's like awful at it, but like, if this dude developed a jab, he, he would be surprisingly more effective than he is already. Um, and I think because he doesn't have a jab, that, or at least that I've seen him really use, or he doesn't fight behind that size really well, pressure seems to really freak him out. Um, like if somebody comes right at him, I, I think it's really a recipe for him to get beat. You know, I, I talked about with both Adam Garcia and Chris Brandt, who I picked against in the first two fights. They're kind of just like wild men and they just come sprinting out and sprinting at people. If Tony Charles had adopted that game plan, I think he would have a really easy time with Eric Fimbris here. But the problem is, is that Charles is not that guy. He's really methodical. He's kind of slow and his strikes look kind of telegraphed. Um, and so at the end of the day, like, I think he's going to find himself almost too chicken to to press Fimbrace. And I would also say this. I think if he waits long enough in front of Fimbrace, and even if he's having success, because he is 6'3", it's not like he can't get inside the reach of a 6'6 guy. That reach difference is not insane. It's not like Fimbrace's past opponents who are all like, you know, 6'1 or something like that. But like, if he stands just kind of like too long in front of Fimbrace, Fimbrace for a six foot six dude has like very surprisingly good wrestling. Uh, like he, he gets in on a double in like the thing is he clasps his hands behind people's hips really easily because his arms are so freaking long. Like it almost works to his advantage. And then once he's on the mat, he, he's got that like long arm jujitsu you see out of, you know, like some of those lighter weight featherweight uh, type dudes. He's got like a good rear naked choke because of it. He's got a good darts because of it. I haven't seen him shoot a guillotine ever before, but like, I, I kind of imagine he would be good at those. He just has like, kind of like sneaky submissions for a dude who uh, looks like he should be just like slow kickboxing you from a de- decent range. So um, I'm officially going to go with Fimbrace here. But I think again, once I said, uh, if Tony Charles decides to like, you know, crank up the pressure here, I, I think he could steal it. So you should act like a tiger, not a chicken. Correct. Yeah. Oh, right. that, there yeah. you go. There's there's a title for you. Tiger, not a yep. chicken. <laughs> Tiger, not a chicken is a very good title. All right. Co-main event time. We're going down to Bantamweights. Marcus McGee versus Luciano Ramos. Um, Ramos. El Aguila. Aguila. A-G-U-I-L-A. What, what does that mean, Dan? Aguila. I don't know. I don't know. I'll put the intern the on eagle. It. Oh, yeah, I would not have guessed that. Really? <laughs> Usually you're good at this at this game. Anyway. He's got a big he's got a big eagle tattoo on his chest. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I should have. Is it Hamos? Is it or is it Ramos? Where is he from? It's, it's Ramos. He's uh yeah, Argentinian, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. He's Ramos. Okay. Ramos, eight and seven, two knockouts, five submissions. He's been submitted four times. One and in LFA. He's won three of his last four. However, he did lose his last fight. Uh he's not fought since December of twenty twenty one. Used to fight at flyweight, used to fight at lightweight. 2012 Pro MMA debut. He also was the pro boxer. He's five years younger than McGee, plus 240. 
the maniac McGee five and one with five knockouts. He's been submitted one time. So he's never gone the distance in a fight. Oh, and one in LFA. He won via knockout his last fight that he had. He's inch taller than Ramos minus 300. So, uh, what did you say was the price on Ramos? Plus 240. 240. I saw it a little bit higher than that recently. Um, you might want to wait on that one because I think it's going to go up. And I actually really do like Ramos here. Um, yeah, big, big old dog for Ramos. Um, but I'll say this. he, he the, He's got a lot of really great things going for him that make me like him in this fight. So, first of all, Marcus McGee is a guy who I think LFA is pretty high on. He, he's got like... You know, he, he looks nice on the feet when he's striking because he clearly has like a Taekwondo background. Um, he switches stances like all the time. Um, you know, his his legs are far apart, almost like a Wonder Boy type stance, but not quite there, which is why I kind of think it's uh, Taekwondo and not karate. Um, and, and he puts combinations together and he switches between the hands really well. But the difference is, is that like when he fought, uh, he fought Rodrigo Dunasamento, who is a big dog who I, I picked on the show after he beat McGee uh, to win again. He beat Justin Wetzel. Um, but when he, he fought Nascimento, he hurt him on his feet. And Nascimento was like wobbly and looked terrible. And Nascimento was still able to take him down and then pretty much do whatever he wanted en route to an early submission. So McGee had a dude hurt and that guy hurt was still eight times better than he was on the mats. Um, and that to me is a huge alarm, especially fighting somebody like Luciano Ramos, because Ramos, first of all, is a Diaz guy. He comes from the Nick Diaz Academy. He kind of looks like a Nick Diaz Academy guy. Um, you know, he throws the jab all the time. Um, he, he's not afraid to like get in your face. He's super durable. And in addition to that, he actually has kind of nice takedowns. Um, and being from the Diaz Academy, he is like a guy who puts a lot of work into his jujitsu. So, again, while I like Marcus McGee, and I know LFA really likes Marcus McGee, they keep matching him up with these dudes who have, like, pretty phenomenal jujitsu or pretty strong jujitsu. And ultimately, I, I think it's just a problem for him because if when he's on the feet, he's knocking people out. Like, if you look at all of his other fights, all of his wins are by knockout. And if you go back to when he was in an, as an amateur, same thing. Almost everything's a knockout. But they keep matching them with like, you know, Rafael Dunasamento and Luciano Ramos are, are guys with good jujitsu. And I, I think ultimately it's going to cost him. How about plus 300? I, I updated the odds for you. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I, I looked, saw him recently. Yeah, I looked at, it, like, it's, it's changed a lot. Yeah, the money's coming in on McGee. And again, I, I, and I'm saying this on Wednesday, you might even want to wait longer. Like if you have one of the books who have it posted already, first of all, good for you. And then second of all, you might just want to wait a little bit because I think people really love Marcus McGee. It would not surprise me to see this fight arrive on Friday and to see him, you get a whole nother hundred out of that, like plus 400 or plus 380 or something like that. Like maybe just wait on Luciano Ramos might be worth it. Yeah. There's been some crazy movement. It started, it opened at plus 300 and then it dropped. He dropped to plus 230 and now he's back up to plus 300. So it's all kind of been all over the board for, Ramos so lines lines kind of move a lot on the regional scene because there's not like a lot of money so, coming in yeah not a lot of money coming in so they want to make sure that they get it equal on both sides speaking of weird movement not to get completely off task here yep. did you see the weird movement on the Jimmy Flick line I I heard about it yeah so now yeah. everyone's pointing fingers at him yeah well but I don't I don't think Jimmy Flick is is doing anything nefarious here but like he went from being I think I saw he was plus 115 when it opened 
it got all the way up to like plus 400 or plus 500 at some point. Uh, and it's back down to like plus 320, but like kind of weird movement for like a flyweight fight on the first card of the year. I, I don't know why pe- people are weighing in on, on Charles Johnson. Yeah. We'll, uh, have to wait and see until we give you uh, give you those picks. So that's next week's. Uh, they're on next week's card, right? That yeah, part? they'll be on that okay, right. uh, that Imovov versus Gasol yep. card. Oh, you just wait. UFC's back next week, everyone. But for now, we'll stick with the LFA. Um, well, we have lots of LFA fans that listen in uh, that are in our Discord. So if you're one of those, get in the if you're not on the Discord, get in the Discord. slash discord all right main event time is for the vacant flyweight championship i always ask dan why titles are, are vacated so do you have a backstory for this one um yeah this was uh carlos moda signed yes. to the ufc okay. yep. uh and actually before that charles johnson uh signed to the ufc and before that uh brandon moreno signed to the ufc yeah. before that charles or uh, brandon royval signed to the ufc i i mean like just you can just keep counting them back uh i'm probably missing yeah. one or two of them in there too yeah, so pay attention to this this fight if uh, if you want to see a future UFC fighter. Um, Felipe Buns, or is it, is it Buns? Bunez? It's, it's Bunez. Bunez. Buns sounds funnier, but okay, fine. <laughs> Bunez versus Yuma Horiuchi. Not Horiguchi, Horiuchi. Uh, this one is pretty much a pick on the board. This is another one that's been uh, Bunez open as a underdog, and then he went to a favorite. And yeah, it's it's right around the, the pick range at this point. I'll tell you about Horiuchi. First, Ichiban is the nickname. He's 10 and 5, three knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted one time. It's the only time he's been stopped in a fight. Three and two in LFA. He's got win loss, win loss, win over his LFA career. He did win his last fight via submission. He was 0 1 on the road to the UFC uh, event that took place last year. He's eight years younger than Bunez, minus 105 currently, but that, like I said, that number seems to be changing by the minute. Um, Filipino is his nickname, not Filipino. Philip. And then I N H O. So what? Little Philip, that means, little, right? Li- little, little Philip. Yeah, yeah, little yeah. Philippe. <laughs> uh, he is 12 and six, one knockout, eight submissions. He's been submitted twice, one and one in LFA. He's won two of his last three fights. He's also won two of his last six fights. So he was on a little skid there. He's got a win loss win over his last three fights. 2011, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. He's an inch taller and got three inches of reach on Horiuchi, minus 110. Yeah, so uh, you you might remember Horuchi was the guy who fought our uh, our main man Topnoy too, uh, Topnoy Kiram. Um, and, and you mentioned Felipe Bunes here too. These are both guys who, who have fought phenomenal competitions. You said he was you know uh, two and one in his last three fights. That loss was to Juicier Formiga uh, in a main event, which I is uh, yeah yeah not a bad loss. Also, I uh, I had the intern on. Other people who have had the LFA title, Jimmy Flick, Victor Altamirano, uh, both who vacated the belt to fight in the UFC, and Casey Kenny, who vacated the belt to join the UFC. Um, so, like, you know, just line them up. So, yeah, this is a fight you 100% want to watch if you care about guys who will be in the UFC soon, because most likely whoever wins it will. Um, I'm going to go with Felipe Bunes in this fight. Uh, I think he's he's a little bit faster than Horuchi on the feet. I think his footwork helps him create more pressure to be in better situations. And I also have just seen that, like, when Yuma Horuchi is grappling, my God, does he have an advantage over a lot of people? But I think he's just had, like, a lot of trouble getting going with his grappling in the past. Like, if you can't, if you can't emphatically grapple Topnoi Kiram, who, who, like, let's be honest, that, that dude doesn't have much of a ground game to speak of. 
if you can't do that en route to a decision, like you're probably having trouble ground and pounding or, or grappling anybody. And we saw that when he fought Charles Johnson too. We saw that when he fought Ludovic Shaolinian and granted both of those guys wound up in the UFC and Kiram is a, you know, a good kickboxer. But I think Bunez just has like enough wrestling defense here to make this largely a striking match. And if it, it does stay a striking match, like I really do see it working out best for him. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with uh with Bunez here as the uh I guess it's pick him, a pick 'em fight. It basically is, yeah. Uh he's a slight favorite at this point, technically, but he was in the plus money originally. So like I said, uh uh the numbers are changing this one. Uh as we speak, probably. So all right. We'll recap. Gumby's got Bunez. He's got Ramos as a big underdog. He's got Fimbres. He's got Catambua. I still can't say it. And he's got another underdog in Jackson, plus 160. So um, make sure everyone tunes into that on Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Get your bets in and get in the Discord, and you can chat about it with us in there. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. We've got another regional card that we're going to break down, and then we're back onto our usual schedule uh, next week with the UFC and all that, all that fun stuff. Uh, so I told you about Discord, uh, Twitter, SGPN MMA is the account that Gumby runs for us. I'm Jeff Fox Writer. He's Gumby Vreeland on Twitter. Uh, you can read all our stuff, sportsgumbypodcast.com. Gumby mentioned his Top Turtle MMA podcast, which is the other podcast he hosts. Uh, comes out weekly, so make sure you subscribe to that. Um, give it five star reviews because it it uh, deserves it. As does this podcast you're listening to right now. Make sure you get that five stars as well, uh, so more people will get it in their ear holes. Um, and read all our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And I still run a Substack, uh, moneymma.substack.com. I just published a uh, complete listing of every fighter's payouts uh, for the year of 2022 in the UFC. I know that was a weird way for me to describe that, but it's basically, it's a complete list of everybody's earnings last year in the UFC. So get that at uh, Money MMA. And that is it. We'll be back in your ear holes, like I said, tomorrow with another regional event. Um, until then, I'll remain the maniac, Jeff Fox. And my co-host, as always, is Ichiban Gumby Vreeland. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.